Good morning. I'm so glad that you, as well as the folks online, decided to come and worship with us this morning. So good to see everybody, and everyone is trying their best to follow the safety rules so that we can join together here and worship with one another. We have our Christ's birthday offering today. Uh, if there, you have been provided an envelope for you to input your money or check. Now, if you are planning to give your normal tithe today and you just wanted to put this Christ's birthday as a part of your check total, be sure and note on the bottom what portion will be going to Christ's birthday so we can log it to the right category. Also, as usual, we have our little lockbox in the back where you can drop your checks or your cash. And then, thankfully, we have the site, cypressstreet.church slash give, where you can use your credit cards or whatever means you wish to use so that you can contribute to our church. I want to commend everyone for being so diligent in your giving. This time in our experience of COVID, as well as in pastoring, we could very well just slack down. But you have been so gracious to be sure and get your tithes in, and we appreciate that so much. So it makes it much easier for the running of our church and taking care of our debts as well as our gifts to others. We have an exciting program for you Thursday night at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. I encourage you to bring your, you, your children, any loved ones that you might have that you wanted to celebrate Christmas Eve with, just bring them here first. And since it's at 5 o'clock, we can have our short program and then you can go home and continue with your family gathering. I, I have a short reading I want to, to share with you before Reuben and Hannah come in, in likeness about the Advent. I, you know, we all can't be beautiful, brilliant, and charming. But there's a scripture in 1 Samuel 16, 7 that says that man looks on the outside appearance but the Lord looks on the heart. I'd like to share a reading from Helen Steiner Rice entitled, Are You Dissatisfied with Yourself? We are often discontent and much dissatisfied that our wish for recognition has not been gratified. We feel that we've been cheated in beauty, charm, and brains, and forget about our gains. And dwelling on the things we lack, we grow miserable inside, brooding on our deficits that are born of selfish pride. We begin to harbor hatred, and envy fills our heart, that we do not possess the things that make others seem so smart. And in our condemnation of the trials that we possess, we magnify our painful plight, and sink deeper, deeper in distress. O oh Lord, forgive our foolishness, our vanity, and our pride as we strive to please the eye of man and not God who sees inside. And little do we realize how contented we would be if he, we knew that we were beautiful when our hearts 
are touched by thee. That's what makes the difference in our hearts and our love that we share with one another. If we allow him to come inside, cleanse our hearts, and be a part of us. Let's welcome Hannah and Reuben to come forth now to share on the Advent with us this morning. Good morning. Today we're going to talk about peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Peace is something our world desperately needs. Peace is something we desperately need. But where can we find peace? A true peace that will last. Peace is not the accumulation of strength. Peace is not the ability to force others to do what you want. Peace is not even the absence of conflict. Peace is the result of a heart that has been reconciled to God. Peace is the byproduct of a life that's been changed by God. A life now that belongs to God. And God fills us with peace. And that peace flows out to us, of us to others. That peace is present in how we treat others. That peace is present in how we speak to others. That peace is present in the choices that we make. And where peace is absent, we seek the Lord Jesus for it. We trust in his way. We acknowledge his will. We walk on his path. We follow the example of our Savior. For us, for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. He is our peace. Amen. There she was, the young woman with the radiant smile. She was leaning against one of the stalls and the eyes of the happy face were closed. The man was at her side and behind them in the manger where the cows came for their food was the baby. He was a tiny thing wrapped tightly in a long linen band and sleeping as soundly as any newborn baby. Sleeping as though the world had not waited thousands of years for this moment. As soundly as though your life and my life and the life of everyone on earth were not wrapped up in his birth. As though from this moment on, all the sin and sorrow of the world were not his problem. Should you speak to his mother resting so quietly there? Should you ask her if you might touch the baby, not to wake him, but just to touch his hand? What a moment that would have been to have reached out your own hand and touched the Son of God.
spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Oh, 
thank Connor and Carly for portraying Mary and Joseph for us this morning. We're so glad to have Brother Ray Owens back with us today to speak to our hearts about our hearts. <laughs> and let's have a word of prayer before he comes, please. Our Father, we pray that we open our minds to nothing but Thee. Leave all of our frustrations, all of our plans for after we leave here. Just leave them from our minds. Open our ears and our hearts that we might listen to the words that you want us to hear this day. So that when we leave this place, we'll know that we have worshipped with our Savior. Amen. I guess the kids are dismissed. Nick, I missed the little music, you know, the little doop 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 doop. <laughs> I was waiting on my cue. <clears throat> I'm a slow learner. Thank you, worship team. And they do a good job. <clears throat> so good a job. Uh, really, really appreciate it. On the back of your outline or bulletin or, or order of service and activities uh, is today's outline if you want to pull it out. <clears throat> and... Uh, you need to doodle or make your Christmas list. We're going to talk about the gift today. So, uh, <clears throat> opportunity for you to do that as well. I also want to encourage you to put Christ first in Christmas, which would involve, uh, you know, having Christmas Eve. Maybe if you can, talk your family into, come here first, and uh, then then go back and it's, it's pretty hard once everybody gets there and the little kids see their gifts to uh, kind of put Christ, you know, first in Christmas. I know one thing my grandmother uh, Owens did is as soon as you could read or before you could read, we had to read uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, the, the, the grandson, you know, that got the oldest and then the next one. And... Uh, in the King James Version, so to this day I can quote it word for word because uh, the, the, all the children did not have children in the right sequence they needed to to reprieve me from doing it multiple years. You know, they should have had a kid every year and it should have went around in a memo form and been done that way. So, <clears throat> so in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. And the hardest part was saying Cyrenius was governor of Syria. So, tis the season, the gift. I shared last week with you guys, tis the season for a life change. And we talked about um, letting Jesus Christ be born in us. There's a beautiful song. Actually, I asked Alexa this morning to play it. Um, I said, uh, play Be Born in Me, and, and she did. It's a beautiful song, uh, kind of song of Mary, uh, beautiful song, really speaks to my heart. And then I find myself singing it in the shower. It's only for a private audience. It is not safe for anyone else to hear uh, unless you have hearing aids. So we're exchanging gifts at Christmas. That's a big deal. And I think it ought to be a big deal. I know uh, my wife's mother's family uh, are Jehovah Witness, and they do not do that. I've had a couple staff members that are of certain groups that do not do that. I understand that uh, exchanging gifts and Christmas, some of what we see today is a little worldly, no doubt about it. 
But I will tell you also, uh, if we listen to this message today and we think about it, um, it is very much okay to be in the world and to have joy, just don't be of the world. You know, and uh, I, I've seen those on both sides and I've seen hypocrisy probably on both sides. And I'm here to tell you that the Lord loves gift giving. It's more blessed to give than receive, even though everything in this culture says it's more blessed to get uh, than to give. And that's not true. And I think in life we have two types of people, maybe three. We have givers and we have takers. And I think if you're truly a giver, you're going to give, no matter how hard. If you're a taker, it's all about me. There's some kind of distorted problem. You probably need a lot of therapy, but you're always wanting to receive. And then there's a lot of folks in the middle. They kind of go from takers to givers, and they need to be pushed one way or the other. And I hope that all of you this season are givers. And uh, it's not necessarily money I'm talking about, about giving. Now, how many of you, be honest, you're in church, with four days left for Christmas, have gotten every gift you need. There's no more shopping. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. Wow, seven. Well, perfect number. The rest of us are in the boat that, uh, that maybe we'll get serious about it at the last minute. One time I remember I bought Dana a fur coat and it ended up, there was a store named Wellens in town at the time over uh, there in that, what was a mall at Twin City or something like that. And it ended up being on Christmas Eve, I was picking it up, me and a, a senator. Uh, we both <laughs> picked, uh, picked up the last two coats. We didn't get into a fight over it, but luckily our wives were different sizes and there were two coats left. Uh, so I've done some crazy stuff. And uh, some of you have a sweet spouse that might be buying all your gifts for you. And I just hope that they tell you you were very generous to them as they purchased their gift for themselves from you. I do hope that. You know, some of the uh, gifts that people get, and, uh, and my grandson's here uh, for a few weeks with me, and he just keeps going over the tree. He's uh, nine. He still has a real tender heart, and he loves gift giving and all that sort of stuff. And he keeps going to the gifts and lifting them and telling us what they are. He knows what the list is and trying to figure them out. And he said, unless somebody's messing with me. Well, I thought about the types of gifts that we give, maybe have a little fun with that. And, you know, there are gag gifts. Some people do gag gifts. Some people uh, mix things up. But, you know, gag gifts, humorous things like giving somebody my age uh, vitamins for Christmas. That, that's not good. Or Rogaine, you know. <laughs> And if you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, you know, th those aren't good, okay? I'm just telling you. And there's others you can get even more personal with that are not good. There's hidden gifts. And I bet some of you have done this. You put, I talked about the best gifts or small gifts. Maybe you put a ring, and I've done this, and you put it in another box and another box and another box, and then you get a refrigerator box. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, it is fun watching it uh, uh, let me just say this. If you put it in a refrigerator box and you're carrying it with one hand, it kind of defeats the purpose. You need to fill it with rocks or bricks and have a dolly. You know, play the part, guys. I mean, some of us are not best actors, that's for sure. 
Uh, there's practical gifts. I talked about that a couple weeks ago, and that's not really smart, giving your wife a new washer or dryer so she can take care of your clothes, or giving your husband a tools because they're not very mechanically inclined and they need to put together all these things that you bought. You know, th- those are, uh, don't get me wrong, there, there's nothing wrong with those. If you need one, you need one. But I say there needs to be something else involved in that. And there's revenge gifts. These are gifts our parents give to our children to pay us back for all the grief. And one of those would be like giving my grandson drums. Um, that would pretty much pay Brooke back, you know what I mean, and, and all that for any frustration she gave me uh, and the dogs hollering and all kinds of things. And there's obligatory gifts, have-to gifts. And that's where uh, sometimes you give a gift to somebody you have to. Like you chose their name. Maybe you don't even honestly really, they're not your favorite person. But you have to give them and all of that. And and in fact, I'll mention this maybe later if I don't. One of the neatest things about Dana showing she loves me is, man, there's so many years she would be up half the night getting all my gifts ready for the 40 people that work for me in, in my practice. And you know, all the, the folks that, that are affiliated with that work with me and just getting all that uh, as well. And then there's uh, uh, gifts that are some assembly required. One of my most memorable Christmases, and actually it's when I met a young man that later uh, became a student and then later went to do his internship from me, worked with me, and honestly exceeded me. I love it when a student just goes and you mentor them and they become greater than the teacher, you know, really. Uh, I met uh, this young man when I bought a swing set for Brooke for Christmas and as I was assembling it, uh, it's from Sears, back when Sears was on Louisville, and I had to go to the back because parts were missing. So we had to go and open up another one and take some parts out and it was very, very heavy and I didn't take an extra box. So I was up half the night because it had, um, I think it was 850 screws or some insane thing. You know how they keep making it smaller and smaller so you can put it together? It was crazy. And so I want to read this to you. I want some of you to smile. Um, If you haven't smiled yet, I just want you to know that it takes less energy, it improves your facial look, and it actually reduces aging. Or you can buy some cream for $75 and put on. Or you can just smile. (laughs) There you go. You're a lot more fun to preach to when you smile, especially through the mask. How many of you can tell if somebody's smiling through their mask? I bet you some of you can. Those of us that have the ability to read eyes, I can read eyes. I'm telling you, I can read eyes, you know. And your kids can read your eyes too. Um, You might have seen this. Uh, But I wanted to read it to you. This is for all the parents out there. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through our house not a creature was sleeping, not even my spouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with screws. When you can't find the nails, what else can you use? The children were restless, awake in their beds, while visions of spanking them danced in our heads." I worked in my bathrobe, my husband in jeans, had gone down to the den with directions and dreams to assemble a bike that came in small pieces with deflated tires and fenders with creases. Soon down in the den there arose such a clatter 
I sprang from my task to see what was the matter. Away to my husband I flew like a flash. He was shuffling through cardboard. His actions were rash. The bike on the rug by this now flustered dad soon gave me a hint why he was so mad. He needed a kickstand. It had to be near. I shuffled some papers. He saw it appear. He twisted the screws. We were likely and quick. And we knew soon assembly would be quite a trick. Fast as eagles in flight, the pieces were found. Now he whistled and shouted for parts all around. Now socket, now pedal, now tires, now brakes. Oh, handles, on kickstand, on horn, oh, wait. In the top of the toolbox, he fumbled around. I need two more screws, he said with a frown. Like all good parents determined to please, when they meet with an obstacle on late Christmas Eve. We shouted and yelled complaints at each other. There never was a more frustrated father and mother. Then in a panic, we heard on the stairs the prancing and hopping of feet, about two pairs. I opened the door and was turning around when kids burst from the hall with a leap and a bound. They were dressed in all flannel from their uh, necks to their knees, their nightgowns were soiled with chocolate and cheese. <laughs> Excuses poured from each set of lips, and they stood in defiance with their hands on their hips. Their eyes were wide open, and each little child jumped when I yelled with a loud voice, hardly mild. They were frightened but cute, just a little bigger than elves, and so we laughed when we saw them in spite of ourselves. A wink of the eye and a pat on the hand soon let them know that they had nothing to dread. They saw not a thing but went straight to their beds and we finished the bike and put bows on the sleds. Then wheeling the bike by the tree now out of sight, my hubby announced we should call it a night. He sprang to his bed as the clock gave a whistle as time had flown by like a large Titan missile. But I heard him explain as he turned out the light, Merry Christmas, my dear, but next year, no bike. <laughs> I want to ask you, is there anybody that can relate to that? If you have kids and want to publicly apologize, you can raise your hand, yeah. Where does the whole idea of gift giving come from? I submit to you, the idea of gift giving doesn't really come from Santa Claus. Santa Claus comes from this. It all comes from obviously the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself giving the greatest gift that ever came. I sent out a text to several pastors today just reminding them today that, that this is the greatest gift and the greatest story ever told. How God would send his son to us to give us a gift. And so I have a scripture I'd like to read with you uh, taken uh, from Matthew 2, chapter 1 through 12, the New International Version. Let's read together if uh, you have it there. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. 
when he had called together all the people, chief priests, teachers of the law, and he asked where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report back to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it arose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented to him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's pray. Father, out of this text and out of our hearts, may your spirit speak to us. And may we, Lord, be challenged and be encouraged. And Lord, may we give you our heart today. And all God's people said, Amen. So what made this the gift, the one I'm exaggerating and maybe I'm exaggerating and saying is the greatest gift ever? On your outline, the first thing I'd like to say is the gift was personal. The gift was personal. I want you to notice that the kings came themselves. Today pretty much what we do is we might fax a greeting, FedEx a present, post something on Facebook, send a message, whatever. Or maybe even uh, heads of state might send an emissary or whatever. But these guys, whether it's three, four, five of them, came a long time, a long way, and they personally came. Did you know this Christmas, I think the same thing holds true. I think of all the gifts you give, the greatest gift you could possibly give is a piece of yourself. Do you agree with that? If your gift you give is not a personal gift, it's not really a gift. It might be one of those obligatory gifts. I can't even really say that this morning. Did you know today and this Christmas, what God wants more than anything is you. That's why he came. He wants you. He wants me. And, you know, he cares, obviously. We give our tithes and offerings, and I want to commend you on how, what Pat was saying, how faithful you've been, and uh, I've heard those things. That's wonderful. That's amazing. And you will be blessed. There's no doubt about that. Um, also, God loves it when we decorate, and the church looks so beautiful. And, man, you know, somebody had to do this. Somebody put that work in there. A lot of folks behind the scenes. And God loves it when you have beautiful music like we've had this last few weeks, every week, but especially Christmas, uh, you know, Mary's song, Joseph's song, the, the reenactment of the nativity. All of those things are wonderful gifts. To, I'm not discounting them at all. Christmas shoe boxes, I think you guys well participated in. Nothing wrong. Those are all amazing. But more than anything, I want to tell you, God wants us.
In the past, you see the scripture there, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, Hebrews. You know what that tells me? God came personally in this gift. And the gift of Jesus was a personal gift, wasn't it? It's a personal gift. Second thing on your outline there, let me get back to the outline so I can see it, is the gift was sacrificial. The gift was sacrificial. The kings didn't give blue light specials. Does anybody know what that is, by the way? Some of you? Yeah. Was it Kmart? Kmart shoppers, we have a blue light special back in. <laughs> I don't need it, but I got to buy it. It's on sale. The kings gave the best of the best. The kings gave gifts that cost them. It cost them time. The scholars tell us about two years it took them to go. They didn't have jets back then. They didn't have horsepower. They had camel power. And, you know, you know, it was a long way. And they weren't going over interstate highways. And they weren't going through climate controlled areas. You know, it wasn't in a superdome or whatever. It was a tough, long journey. It cost them money to travel, an entourage. It cost very valuable items. And it cost them position. They bowed down and worshiped him. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, this Christmas, when you think about the gifts you give, are they really sacrificial? Will those you love see that what you give to them cost you something? And again, it's not necessarily money. I actually told my daughter, who called me a couple weeks, I don't know, about a week ago. And said, hey, Liam and I were just wondering, what, what do you want? You know, and I thought, and I said, well, you could get me a gift card at Academy or something like that. I'm very hard to buy for. Because if there's something I really want, I get it for myself, you know, over here. And some of you are too. But I said, you know what would be neat? I'd just love him to write me a letter. I'd like my grandson to write me a letter. In other words, give me some of himself, his time, and, and talk to his, what I decided to be as his papaw. Um, uh, so, you know, giving part of itself. So, when you think of what God would ask for you to give this Christmas, what would it be for you? I think it would be a sacrificial gift to Jesus. And, you know, I saw where in a newspaper a while back, and I don't get the Monroe Morning World, or I think as one commentator calls it, the fish wrapper. I don't I don't get that anymore. I did for years and years and years, and it, it got smaller and smaller and more out of Shreveport. And, you know, I have the app and everything. But uh, I remember seeing in, a, in the uh, years ago in the uh, newspaper, somebody was given a $10,000 reward for a dog. And of course, somebody found the dog. I'd find a dog that looked like it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what was his name? And spent a week with a trainer training the right? $10,000. I would go, I have a cat. <laughs> you know, uh, man. So obviously that dog meant something to, to that later, lady. You know, the scripture uh, tells us there in 1 Chronicles 21, 24, but King David replied, you remember he was buying land and, and the guy wanted to give it to him for the temple. No, I insist on paying the full price. 
I will not take for the Lord what is yours, or sacrifice a burnt offering that does not cost me anything, or doesn't cost me nothing. Um, you know, I know sometimes you can kind of go crazy with that, but I think we ought to realize, have we ever been sacrificial in our lives at all? Have we ever given that kind of gift to God and really not expected anything in return? You know, you, you know we know cognitively and intellectually that we cannot outgive God. And I know that, and you can't. But sometimes it's nice to give something out of the heart that you, you have that's sacrificial, that costs something. Which leads to the third point, the gift was from the heart. It was out of love, might be another way to say it, but it was from their heart. In verse 11, we see that these wise men, these kings, did something that's not common for kings to do, these magi. They bowed down and they worshipped him. They gave not just gifts, they gave of their heart, they gave love, they poured out who they were. There was action, there was emotion as they worshiped him. And how many of you know worship is not just music? Worship, music is a wonderful and it helps lead us there. But worship is much more than that. Maybe I'll share some sermons on worship sometimes. God really spoke to me several years ago on that, the importance of worship. You know, worship is giving of yourself to God and pouring out your adoration to Him. And it's not always in song. It can be, and it sure is conducive. Have you ever seen a gift that you have to get somebody? You know, you just know it'll bring them so much joy, you have to get them. That's always fun, because then you know, I've got to get them that. That is what I have to get them. And so it's not just the gift, it's that you have to give it to them, and it means so much. Uh, I have a pastor friend whose wife collects nativity scenes. Uh, my wife also kind of collects those. So obviously when we were in Bethlehem a couple years ago, um, they had nativity scenes ranging from $100 to I think $10,000. But you know, you're in Bethlehem, they're hand carved by Palestinian Christians, all of them were Christians, which are probably the most, one of the most persecuted people in the world because their own people, Palestine, Palestinians, hate them and cannot stand them because what are they? they? They view them as, you know, Christian like they're Israeli. The Israelis don't like them because they're Palestinian and they can't even go to Israel. You know, they're, they're kind of between a rock and a hard spot. And, you know, there was this one that, that really caught her eye. And I could tell, and she kept going back to it, and I'd keep bringing her over to the jewelry section or somewhere else. And finally, uh, when she got over there and everything, I told one of the other pastor's wives uh, to kind of keep her tied up. And obviously, I told the guy, I'm getting it. And of course, you know, I wanted it shipped. I didn't want her to know anything about it. And it came. And, and I had to do that. Dana had given me her heart. It was from my heart to her. She had given me of her heart, as I mentioned to you, many, many Christmases staying up late putting all those names on all those gifts and wrapping them. You do not want a gift I wrap. Okay? Because I love duct tape. You know what I'm saying? It's an essential item. Right up there with WD-40. Um, you know, 
She is beautiful at doing that. Why does she do that? She loves me. Why did I do that? I love her. So the best gifts are out of our heart, are they not? They're out of love. So give yourself to Jesus out of love from your heart. Don't make it a bunch of rules I have to do before I can give this gift away. There's so many people bound by religion or thoughts or satanic trainings within themselves that they have to get good enough or get something done before they give. God wants you to give him. He wants me to give him just as I am without one plea, my heart. Amen. I'm not worthy. Absolutely you're not worthy. Pastor Ray's not worthy. No one's worthy. It doesn't have anything to do with worthiness. It has to do with love. He first loved us when we were trashy piece of junk sinners. Paraphrased, but says the same thing. In fact, you might have something that you're not happy of in your life or your history that's been terrible and it was sick and it's defining you. And I want to tell you that's Satan that's making that define you. That's Satan that's... Because when you ask Jesus about it one day, he's going to say, I distinctly remember forgetting that. It doesn't exist. It's washed as far as the east is from the west when we confess our sin. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all of that sin. And then we let Satan keep throwing the memories back in. It's okay to keep asking for forgiveness, but I'm telling you, when he's forgiven, he's forgiven, we might need to forgive ourselves. Just a thought. Give Jesus your heart. And finally, the gift was life-changing. Notice the wise men saw a star, and it's a pretty cool star. And I've heard a lot of cool stuff about that. That would preach a good sermon. We need to study that, Carvin, and study the star. But it, it suddenly went out. It kind of stopped. And that was like a plan, I think, to, so they could go to Herod. This is all a plan. And by the way, it all fulfills Scripture. There's all kinds of prophecy it fulfilled in the whole thing. So they go, and then, of course, once they talk to him, the star comes back on. And while I think the Holy Spirit worked on them as they studied the stars, and these people obviously were way ahead of their time uh, from Persia, wherever they were from. They were way ahead of their time. But after they followed it, they changed. They weren't following a star anymore God appeared to them in a dream, therefore perhaps an angel, but guess what led them away? The Holy Spirit. They left a different way. They had given their word to a king, but God had spoken to their heart and they were changed. And after giving gifts to Jesus, it says they left a different way. And you know what? You and I, when we come in contact with Jesus, I will tell you, and all of you, I bet in this room have had a Jesus moment. Some of us have had a lot of Jesus moments. Now let me caution you, you don't need to live by Jesus moments, okay? But it is awesome that God loves us so much that he gives us times where he shows up in our life in a real way and we actually 
experience him or he contacts us in a very personal way. And I'm not thinking it's something we should just pray for. I think it's, God, when your time is, you show up. And sometimes he has a tendency to show up like when you need him the most, but you're not really seeking him, by the way. Like you're there in a dire strait and, you know, he shows up before you even ask or whatever. But when God shows up and Jesus shows up in yourself, you're going to be changed. And I will tell you, if you receive his love and give him yourself, you're going to be changed forever. God gave the same thing, all these points. God's gift was personal. For God loved the world so much he gave what? Himself, right? His son. Very personal. The most personal, powerful gift he could give. The second thing is the gift was sacrificial. Oh my goodness. He gave his life. He gave three years of ministry. He came from glory beyond anything we could imagine to a, 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 an animal bin, you know, to sitting in a trough that animals feed hay out of. And then by this time, he was approximately 18 months to two years old, he was in a house or a cave. And I've been there. I think most likely it was a, a cave uh, area. And, and, you know, the point is, he, he, he came from that to this. You talk about giving it up, really sacrificial. What a deal he had given. He had sacrificed so much. God's gift was from the heart. It was out of love. As I said, for God so loved. And he demonstrated his love for us. It says in Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We talked about that earlier. God came looking for us. How many of you think you can run away from God? At the end of time, do you think you can get away from God? The Bible says they'll be calling for the mountains to what? Fall down on them. So here's what I want to tell you. Even if you go down in the deepest mine shaft, you won't get away from God's love. In fact, Psalms 139 says, you can literally not go anywhere or be anywhere that you can get away from God's love. It says, even if I go to the place of Sheol, you can't get away from God's love. And until the moment of judgment that we're separated from God, and that's probably the worst part of it is a separation, I'm telling you, until that moment, it doesn't matter. God's love is pure, and it's beaming, and it can go through rock. It can go through your car, roof. It can go through your house. It can get through your thick concrete skull. And some of us, the worst barrier to God is the shield we put up on our heart, right? But God's love can still break through. The Bible talks a lot about a hardening of heart, and we hear surgeons and heart doctors talk about hardening of the arteries. Do you have a hard heart? Are you calloused? You know what a callous is, right? You start rubbing on something and it gets what? It hurts. And it gets red and it gets hot and it really hurts and then it'll blister up. But if you keep rubbing on it, eventually what will happen? It'll start forming more skin. The body sends stuff there and it'll get hard as concrete. I mean, it'll get tough. It'll get really tough. Is your heart hard or is your heart ready? The gift from Jesus, to, I mean from God of Jesus was from the heart. And God's gift is life changing, I'm telling you. 
There's no way I thought I'd be here. There's no way you thought you'd be here. There's no way that we think we'll do what we do. But God's gift, if we accept it, is life-changing. Your creator, your father, has come to you this day. He's come to spend time with you. What gift has God given you? And if you could give a gift to the Heavenly Father back, what would that be? Maybe to give him your life, you're afraid, well, he'll send me to Africa. I'm here to tell you, he's probably not going to send you to Africa. He might send you to a neighbor. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> Some of you have neighbors, maybe. Here's what I want to calm you down about that. If God ever calls you to do anything or sends you to do anything, He will equip you. Did you know that? And He will give you joy when you do it. You might go a little begrudge, you know, you might not be too happy about it, but if you're faithful and you go ahead and do, God will give you joy. There's so many times I've got up in the middle of the night or dealt with something or, well, oh my goodness, or whatever, and I gripe about it. I'm no superstar when it comes to not griping. And my wife's saying amen from North Crossings Church at this moment. I'm telling you I'm not. And I'm like, Lord, retiring from the pastorate, it don't work. Retiring from a surgeon, no one asked Dr. Ferguson when he's retired 10 years to come back and do my surgery. You wouldn't want him anyway. You know what I'm saying? But boy, they're calling me, you know, would you bury me? And some of those people, I hope I'll, you know, I'll get buried first. I'm being real honest. You know, it's, you know, and you get gripey about that. But here's the thing. Every time you're faithful and you do what God asks, there's always joy. And you go, I am so glad I did that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You can't outgive him because he'll bless you and he loves you. What is your gift that God is asking you to give to him? On the bottom of your outline, I have that and I have Psalms 116, 12 through 13. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? There's no way, the psalmist says. So he says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Let's do that. Let's bow. God, there's no gift we could purchase to repay you there's nothing we can do. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Yet what you want is within our grasp to give you. Why you came is within our grasp to give you. You ask that we lift up ourselves symbolically with a cup and say, Fill me, Lord. Here I am. I'm yours. All that I am is yours. Use me, God. Fill me up. Give me peace that we read about earlier. Give me purpose. Give me hope. Fill me with your joy. Lord, I rebuke Satan and every negative thought he's telling everyone live and on the internet at whatever point they hear this because I know Satan's telling them, yeah, 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 all these things. Well, is your life so full of joy with Satan? I'm here to tell you honestly, you know it isn't, brothers and sisters. Give him your heart. Give him your heart. Give Jesus all that you are. 
Test him in this and see, brothers and sisters, as we pray, I, I pray for you that if you're not sure, you'd test him. And for believer that loves him so dearly, I just want to tell you, is there an area of your life that you're struggling in, that sin that so easily besets us? I believe God is saying to you this morning, trust me in that area too. I will help you in that journey. Give me all of your heart. And all God's people said, Amen. Won't you stand with us as we sing this beautiful song, Give Me Thy Heart. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
for me this morning for us to say a special thank you to some of our workers who uh, you may not see every Sunday. The first one that I want to mention is Priscilla. We've already given her her Christmas gift, but if you're on a board or a committee, you're going to need Priscilla's help. And she is so willing to help us to do anything that she can. And then I'd like for Hannah and Nick and Melissa and Brooke, if you all would come up, please. Okay, come on up here with me, please. <laughs> This year, we added Hannah and Nick to our staff. Hannah teaches the children during Children's Church and also the youth during the Circles Hour. And she is doing an outstanding job and we thank her very much for all that she's doing. And you can see Nick's work Every Sunday, he spends hours during the week preparing for our church services. And so we thank you, Nick, for all your work. <laughs> Melissa. Melissa has been our nursery coordinator for quite a while, haven't you? And we appreciate her coordination, but also her work in there every Sunday. Thank you very much, Melissa. Now, Brooke is not here this morning. She's your regular helper in the nursery, but we appreciate very much her work as well. Thank you all for what you do for us. 
Wednesday night, if we could have Brother Ray and Brother Carvin to come up, please. <laughs> well, I took mine off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we wouldn't make it without these two. Every Sunday they get feed us from the Word with inspiring and challenging messages. They're also available when we need them. Their counsel is good, their encouragement, they're praying for our church, and I haven't asked either of them to do anything that they've declined. So let's give them a hand. Thank you all for coming this morning. We encourage you to be sure and be here Thursday night or you're going to miss out, okay? We have a lot of carol singing. We have a devotion by Aaron. So you just come on and enjoy being together as a family of God and then go to your home family afterwards. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We can now conclude our service, and we will consider ourselves dismissed. Love you all very much. <laughs>